<sighs> okay, here we go. I don't know about you, but I've often seen this crazy statistic which states that somewhere between 65 and 80% of runners end up injured before they reach their goal race. Now, whether it's 65 or 80, doesn't really matter. That's a pretty shocking number either way. But there are steps that we can take to protect ourselves and avoid the disappointment of becoming an injured statistic. Because, like most things in life, being successful really comes down to preparing properly and not biting off more than we can chew. My name is Coach Brock Armstrong. It's time to get your second wind. As you've probably noticed, this podcast is no longer in production, but there are so many people who are still listening to each episode and reaching out to me for advice and help and support that I've decided to keep the dream and this podcast alive, which means I'm paying a few maintenance fees out of my pocket. And I don't mean to make this sound like a woe is me kind of affair, because it is indeed a pleasure to have created something that is being appreciated. But... If you felt so inclined, you could go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee to, yes, as it sounds, buy me a virtual coffee. And since coffee is easily my biggest device, I'm what you would call a coffee snob, if you buy me a coffee, I can pay my hosting fees with all the coffee money that I save. So win-win situation here. So go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee and help keep this podcast and my fancy coffee habit alive. That's brockarmstrong.com slash coffee. There are simply tons of individuals with rockin' bods who are ready to promote programs and devices like Peloton, Orange Theory, Body Pump, CrossFit, P90X, and all the different types of insanity. Unfortunately, many of us mere mortal exercisers, or people who simply aren't ready to begin such intensive programs, well, we jump into these things with great gusto, and while I definitely do applaud their zeal and interest in giving their body some much-needed movement nourishment, I also wave a red flag. Because, you know, we humans, we're drawn to all types of extreme solutions, not just in the exercise arena either, because those extreme solutions offer the illusion of big payoffs. We're also drawn to them because, well, let's face it, we're a bunch of suckers who irrationally believe that with the right magic stimulus, whether it be a tip, a trick, a framework, or even a pill, well, we believe we indeed can get rich quick. I once read, and I read it somewhere, and I'm sorry I don't remember where it was, that a simple question that you can use to spot some gaps in your thinking like this is to ask yourself, what do I want to be true? So let's say if you're broke, you will likely want some get-rich-quick scheme to be true. If you're starting a small business, you'll want some questionable growth metrics to be true. And, well, if you're not happy with how your body feels and works, you will want to believe that a harder workout that's done every single day for whatever duration will get you fit more effectively and sooner. Now, the key here is that it's easy to fool yourself when you want to be fooled. 
But okay, getting back to these really intense workouts. The problem is that when we fall into this trap, we soon find ourselves laid up with a knee, a shoulder, or a back injury just a few days or maybe a few weeks into the program. And, you know, if we do avoid getting injured, we usually find ourselves completely demotivated and feeling exhausted and possibly suffering from some hormonal depletion or the beginnings of what is called overtraining syndrome. Now, in the future, I promise I'm going to dedicate an entire episode to teach you how to recover properly after a hard workout. But for now, just know that your body actually becomes more fit during some strategically timed rest periods not while you're actually doing the workouts themselves. See the difference there? And also, no, resting does not have to be, and in fact it shouldn't be, hitting the couch with a bag of bonbons for an entire day. A rest and recovery day can be simply skipping the hard workout or class and instead doing some yoga or going for a walk or even a non-impact easy bike ride, something like that. Now, if you are doing hard workouts that include high-intensity intervals and strenuous weight training, you only need two to four days per week of those intense workouts interspersed with easy recovery workouts to keep you getting fit and gaining some muscle or building some new movement skills. Where, on the other hand, attempting to make some massive fitness gains in a compressed window is actually more likely to lead you to quit due to injury or burnout. Now, when I get asked as a coach what the most common cause of injury is that I've seen in all my years of coaching, I always have the same answer. Doing too much too soon. Get familiar with that phrase. I'm going to be using it a lot. And no, I'm not talking about something as serious as like rhabdomyolysis, or rhabdo for short, which is a pretty serious condition that affects some very important organs in your body from overextending yourself. But as a coach, the closest I've actually gotten to rhabdo is a few suspicious flecks of blood in a friend's urine after an Ironman triathlon. And, you know, a friend of mine who works in the emergency room told me about a guy who did a bunch of cocaine and then hit the squat rack at the gym to see how much he could lift. So anyway, back to the too much too soon. These injuries that I'm talking about are more like things like shin splints and IT band friction syndrome, patellofemoral pain syndrome, sacroiliac joint pain, Achilles tendonitis, rotator cuff tendonitis, and the list of itises go on. These, my friends, are the real-life villains that affect exercisers, especially us older ones, every single day. Now, these are the true fitness boogeymen hiding in the dark corners of the gym, waiting for our form to falter, our technique to slip, our ego to get the best of us, or that skipped recovery day in favor of a 100k group ride. These issues are well worth our attention and concern. Which is a large reason why I encourage all my new athletes that I coach to begin their training slowly and with a few weeks of prehab. And I'm going to get into exactly what prehab is, but first we need to go and pay our membership fees. Do you like to shop on Amazon.com and enjoy supporting this podcast? You do? Well, have I got a deal for you. 
If you start your Amazon shopping adventure by going to brockarmstrong.com slash Amazon, I will get a small percentage of the money that you spend. And the best part is that you don't pay anything extra. This all comes out of their pockets. Take that, Bezos. So next time you buy anything on Amazon, go to brockarmstrong.com slash Amazon and shop while also supporting this podcast. I truly thank you for being a listener and for your support. That's brockarmstrong.com slash Amazon. Now, what is prehab? Well, prehab is just a program of training designed to prevent sports injury. Depending on the program, sport, or event that's being trained for, it will begin with a movement assessment, a gait analysis, a flexibility test, and maybe a strength assessment, and a few other tricks of the trade to identify any weak links in your what is called kinetic chain, which is also sometimes called the kinematic chain. But it doesn't have to be as formal as that either. You likely have a pretty good understanding of what your body is currently capable of. And if you allow yourself to get real about it and not let your ego get in the way, you can usually identify your aches and your pains and your stiff areas and also your inabilities and your poor movement patterns. And you know what? We all have them. I have them now, and I had them when I was performing around the world in the ballet and when I was racing around the world as an endurance athlete. It's truly inevitable and nothing to be ashamed of, and certainly not something to be ignored until it's too late and we're spending time in the physiotherapist's office instead of spending time doing the things that we love. So, once those weaknesses have been identified, a series of strengthening or mobility exercises should be prescribed to then go on and shore up those weaknesses before the actual training program begins. That's the important part. You need to do this before you get into the main program that you're focused on. Now that is a step that is often forgotten or skipped and is surely the reason for that insanely high incidence rate for running injuries. Now, we are indeed a species that was born to run, but you know what? We gave up that birthright when we decided to plop ourselves down for hours on end in office chairs, bucket seats, lumbar-supported chairs, reclining lazy boys, and pillowy couches, while also outsourcing our basic survival needs to the local supermarket. Now, you couldn't put our hunter-gatherer ancestors in that situation either and then expect them to chase down their dinner. Okay, but more on that another day. Now, another way to think about prehab is just getting back to the basics or laying a strong foundation of the most basic components of the movements that you're going to ask your body to do. In the end, what I'm getting at here is that with the right amount of prehab, that too much too soon issue can be greatly minimized. So, Make sure you invest some time and some energy before you start your new program to ensure you have all the basics covered before you ask your body to do things that it's unable or even just barely able to do. Now, incidentally, this is why many of the workout videos that I create over on my YouTube channel, which you can find at brockarmstrong.com YouTube, 
Many of those videos have incremental workouts. And by that, I mean that you start by addressing things with small movements before moving on, like doing wall push-ups or counter push-ups before you try doing them on the floor, or breaking down a movement into its smaller components to practice each one of those before you string them together into a full exercise. Maybe it's practicing each part of a burpee before trying the whole movement altogether, but you get the idea. Now, the next way to minimize the too much too soon is to exercise a little restraint. Now, if you've ever looked at a well-designed marathon training program, if you haven't, you can go and find one online to see what we're talking about. But if you have seen one, you will have noticed that the distance, the paces, the number of hill repeats, and so on, are all increased in specific increments. And the rule of thumb is usually an increase of no more than 10% per week. And for a beginner, that can be even a little too much, so sometimes you can drop that down. But this same 10% principle can and should be applied to any sport or any training program, not just running programs. And you know what? It's not even uncommon in a marathon training program to start with a significant portion of the training being done at a walk rather than a run. And while this can be kind of frustrating, trust me, for someone who's itching to do their first race, skipping this step is again a gateway to injury and burnout. Look at it this way. Starting where you truly are on your fitness journey, not where you want to be, not where you think you should be, but really where you are, and then moving slowly from that position where you truly are to your destination, well, that doesn't that make more sense? Doesn't that sound like a recipe for success? I think it does. Now, another place to show some restraint is not just increasing, but in actually choosing your workload. This can be applied to things like the speed you choose to set on the treadmill, or the distance you decide to ride your bike, or the gauge of resistance band that you decide to use for your workout. And again, kind of disappointingly, I'm sure, I always recommend that you run the risk of in quotation marks, wasting a few workouts when you start a new strength training program, for example, rather than running the risk of lifting too heavy too soon. Now, for example, let's say you do a workout two or three times and you choose a weight that is, well, probably lower than what you could be lifting. Well, the worst thing that happens is you don't get the optimal workout for a week or two with that, where if you actually went into the gym and you listened to your bro friend or the online fitness guru or some irresponsible fitness podcaster and you lifted too heavy a weight for two or three sessions, well, you might get a couple of killer workouts in, but then you might have to take four weeks off in order to let an injury heal. And you can see which one of those is going to get you further in the long run, right? Having a couple of less than optimal workouts, but being able to continue going rather than doing a couple of <laughs> sessions that leave you completely demolished and then having to take a few weeks off to let an injury heal, well, yeah, you can do the math. Now, my previous podcast guest, Dean Dwyer, actually recently wrote about the law of cause and effect in his weekly newsletter. And what he means when he says that is that when you remove the cause, you also remove the effect. Now, here's what he wrote. People violate this rule all the time because they suffer from behavior myopia. Their timelines for success are way, way, way too short. 
People focus on doing behaviors for days, like seven days, 14 days, or 30 days, rather than for years and decades. And they do that because they don't realize that the moment you stop doing a behavior is the moment you stop getting the results that you desire. And getting injured is a surefire way to stop doing a behavior, and so is burnout, boredom, and fatigue. So the upshot really is that we need to be more patient. And one of the keys to good fitness really is patience. And as I highlighted in my episode about how fast you should get fit, and if you haven't listened to that one, you should go back and listen to it. But what I said in there is that if good health and longevity is your goal, there is no finish line. So why the heck are we in so much of a hurry anyway? Take your time, be smart, Take recovery days, get to know your body, spend some time shoring up your weaknesses, and be a patient athlete, and you will set yourself up for success that lasts way longer than a box set of P90X videos ever could. Now again, as my friend Dean Dwyer shared in that episode with us, force is not sustainable. Not mentally, not emotionally, and certainly not physically. So let's all work smarter, and incrementally harder, So we will reach our goals in just the right amount of time. All right, that's it for this time. Now get out there and move more of your body more often in more and more interesting ways. I'm Brock Armstrong. This is Second Wind Fitness.